Hello, Asbury community. I am so uh, honored to be able to speak to you directly through this uh, means and to talk and share my heart with you because I know this has been a, a stressful time for many of you. And I want you to know that we have set up ways in which we can uh, do all we can to, pr to pray for you and to support uh, your time here at Asbury, even during this time of unprecedented disruption for us as a community. From the moment we heard about the uh, COVID-19 virus, we began to set up uh, task forces to work and process ways in which we could most effectively respond. So we have an academic area task force led by James Stobaben. We have a student services, what I call a student experience task force led by Kevin Bish. And these feed up into an institution-wide task force led by Brian Blankenship, who then uh, reports to me and makes recommendations to me of which I make the final decision. So obviously, every day or two, we've been putting out notices on our website, and you should go there for the latest notices. Uh, we believe that this two-week stoppage is very important for us as a community uh, in order to help be a part of stopping the, uh, the onward rise of this virus uh, in our country. However, we realize that that comes uh, with extra challenges for us in terms of delivering classes, perhaps through Canvas or through Zoom, and other ways in which you might have to have your courses delivered to you during this two-week stoppage. Well, let me assure you that all of our faculty have agreed to, to directly communicate with each of you by Tuesday, uh, 5 o'clock, to let you know what their provision is for your particular class. So all of us will have uh, ways in which we communicate uh, to our students through um, various means and also meetings through Zoom and all kinds of things will happen. The seminary life will go on, but we will not be meeting uh, in the building during these two weeks. But most of all, we want you to know how much we want to care for you. We, we have made provisions so that those who are hourly wage workers will still get paid during this two-week break. break. We have um, made provisions for the food service to still get meals to everyone. We have a, a places in Elizabeth uh, uh, Hall, if we need to, for people to be isolated. We have a lot of provisions set up just in case we need those. And even now, we have opportunities. If you know of someone who's struggling to purchase groceries during this time, please let us know. and We'll be sure we get them the food they need. So we are doing all we can to, um, to pray for you and to support you during this time. And just know that uh, the Lord is giving us good um, guidance and wisdom during this time. We feel like that the seminary community is, um, is going through this process as well as we can. We just had a faculty meeting on Monday, and it was a good meeting with the faculty to discuss making sure all of us are on the same page. And it was a, a joyful time together, though we are obviously in prayer for everyone. Mainly I want to do in this time is to give you kind of a theological reflection on the coronavirus. I don't really think that anybody here needs more information. You had a lot of information about uh, how to make sure your hands are washed and keeping distance and all of that. And being very sensitive to particularly people in the high-risk category that you could be a vector for, we were very, very concerned about that. And so part of the reason for our shutdown is to follow the procedures and the guidelines which we support been set forth by uh, CDC and other agencies. But I think what you are not getting through these uh, various outlets is any kind of way of thinking theologically about this. And as Christians, we're asked to think theologically about everything that we do. And so I thought I would share with you a few thoughts uh, from my own reflection on this whole experience. Maybe it'll help us all as a community. 
First of all, I want to say this. Uh, we are a people of faith, not a people of fear. It's so important to remember that the gospel is, among many other things, the triumph over fear. The Apostle John says in 1 John 4.18, perfect love cast out fear. And if you read the context of that verse, you'll see that three times in that passage, in verses 12, 17, 18, that John says the reason that perfect love cast out fear is that God has perfected us in love. So God's work in your heart embodies and empowers us to not live in fear. So even though two groups side by side might you know, cancel a meeting or cancel something, one could do it out of fear and another person could do it out of faith. We are doing these things not because we're fearful. We're doing these things out of faith because we care and have compassion for those that are vulnerable in our society that might be at risk because of this virus. And so we joyfully do this because we believe that even though it's disruption for us and our classes and we don't get to see our friends and meet together, but we do believe it's important to demonstrate that we have compassion for those that are vulnerable in our midst. And so this is uh, as part of that, that we live in faith, not in fear. Secondly, I think it's important to realize how important reaching out and touching is in the Christian identity. In fact, the gut in your stomach about these uh, last uh, you know weeks that are before us and even since this whole thing erupted, this gut in your stomach about not going near somebody, keeping three feet away, and you can't even shake someone's hand, all of that is really that feeling inside that this is not right is partly because in the image of God, we are made for embrace. We are made to touch each other. We're made to to hug each other. And part of familial life and family life is hugging and kissing. And, and even my professional life is filled with shaking of hands. It's a very, very big part of who we are. And that's because it's part of God's design for us is that. And we should feel the absence of that. When I first... Uh, realized I was going to be made president. I, of course, read books about it, and I had been through a three-year training program prior to my coming to Asbury to prepare me to be president. But in all of my preparation, all my talking with other presidents, both current ones and ones that are retired, no one ever said anything to me about handshaking. And once I became president, I realized how much of my life involves handshaking. I do a lot of meeting a lot of people all the time. I go around the country meeting people. I shake hands hundreds and hundreds of times. And of course, during graduation time, I shake a lot of hands. And one thing I found early on was that shaking hands at graduation was particularly difficult because when you come forward to get your diploma, you know, you shake hands in the Asbury system, uh, you shake and hold while you look and have your picture taken. So at the end of uh, three graduations, the Florida graduation, D-Men graduation, Wilmer graduation, uh, my hand is swollen and very, very sore from all that handshaking. And I've often thought about, you know, what amazing thing that is, that part of, of my connection to each of you on graduation day is to shake your hand. And that's, a, that's, a, that's an honor that I have. And so now this is taken away from us. We can't do that. And part of that gut feeling is the angst we feel because... The incarnation is about God coming down to us. God didn't just love us from heaven, did he? God just didn't send us an email and tell us he loved us. He came down and dwelt among us. He walked among us. He touched the lepers. When we touch lepers, we catch leprosy. But when Jesus touched lepers, 
They caught his health. They caught his wholeness. And so part of the, the even though we refrain from touching because of this virus, we, we do it with a sense of angst about it because we realize that part of touching is, is, is part of the nature of the incarnation. We are signs of the incarnation. Therefore, we are, we are meant to be part of God's embrace of the world as he embodies the means of grace through our body into the world. And so, yes, we, we are in frame, refraining from embracing right now. We're refraining from touching. But let it be inside of us a, a sense of realizing how much we miss it, how much we long for the day when it's returned to us, because it's fundamentally a Christian thing to do. And so part of this time is to help us remember how much we miss that and how important it is for us. Third, the coronavirus has reminded all of us of the uh, fragile nature of the whole world system. Just a few weeks ago, we were hearing how strong the economy was, how the stock market was breaking records, you know, all seemed well. And then suddenly, just like that, it seemed overnight, things seemed to be falling apart. Things seemed fragile. The stock market has plunged. All this has happened. This is a great reminder to us that it's like a hurricane that blows through our shores, or it's like a tsunami that comes in, or an earthquake. These things can suddenly change all the dynamics for us, and it is a wake-up call to all people everywhere. Please remember that great text from James where he says this, and James, he says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will do this or go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we do this or that. See, ever so often, God has to come in and give us a little reality check and remind us how fragile we are apart from his sustaining grace in our lives. We are sustained not just because of our conversion, we are sustained in a daily way because we are in relationship with an eternal God. And so we often forget that, frankly. We kind of go on with our lives and we think that we have strength and capacities and abilities. And then God reminds us that we need this. I love the fact that in the Psalms, when you have those particular really, really challenging Psalms, particularly the Asaph Psalms that deal with the problem of evil, and you have those Psalm 88, 89, which are those Psalms with no resolution. Darkness is my closest friend and how the laments are there in full force. And then you go into that next book of the Psalms, book three, with Psalm 90. It's the, it's the only Psalm from Moses. And it's meant to be kind of a reset for us to remember some deeper right, wisdom strength for us. For example, this is that great Psalm which has phrases that you know like, you know, from dust we are to dust we shall return. It's used in funeral liturgies. Or a thousand years or like a day in your sight. That comes from Moses' prayer in Psalm 90. Our length of days, but 70 or 80 of strength last. Teach us to number our days, the text says. Our days quickly pass away and I'll fly away. It's where the hymn comes from. I'll fly away from Psalm 90. All these things are meant to be kind of a reset button where God reminds us of who he is and who we are and how much we need him in our lives. The fourth uh, theological reflection is to remember, remember to all of you that the remembrance that the church is not a place. A church is people. 
And when I was growing up, there was a little ROM, maybe it still goes around, but it was certainly a very famous ROM when I was a child in the in church school program. It went like this. The church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church of God is people. And so in a real strict theological sense, even though your church has been canceled for the next few weeks, maybe the parking lots are empty, you actually cannot cancel church. You can close a church building, but you can't cancel church because we are the church. We're the church wherever we are. If you're at home, if you're out in the community, wherever you are, you are the people of God in the world. And so I want you to remind you that we, do, we never quit being the church. It doesn't matter whether our services are ceased for a few weeks. We do not cease to be the church. We continue to joyfully inhabit what it means to walk through even this lament period with God's presence in our lives. And finally, I want to say that this could be some of you have a white space in your calendar because of this two-week breakage. It could very well be that you've had meetings canceled or maybe you had trips planned that are now canceled. I've had so many of my trips canceled that I was going to do. I've not had a month without flight since I've been at Asbury. I'll have a month without flights. And though I still have a lot of Zoom meetings and other meetings, I, I will have some white space in my calendar. Maybe you will too. And I really hope that you remember that this whole coronavirus thing happened during the season of Lent. And Lent is the time when we are asked by God to reflect more on our lives, to stop and to think about what it's like to live in a broken world. And many of us are so busy doing schoolwork and preparing for Lenten services that we might forget to stop and let God speak to us even during this time. So I really want to encourage you to take this time uh, during this period for extended prayer time, time to listen to the voice of the Lord. There'll be people all across this nation and world that will come to Christ because of this breakage of time. They will finally stop to listen to that voice in their soul, calling them back unto himself. There will be great gospel work that happens over the next several weeks. You can be sure of that because God always uses disruption for his work. I call it, in my other sermons, I call it disruptive grace. God always extends grace in times of disruption. And so we also want to be recipients of that grace in our own lives. So in conclusion, allow yourself during this time to think about this coronavirus well. The word corona in coronavirus, the word corona means crown. And the reason it is called crown is because if you look at the coronavirus in high magnification, it looks like a thorny crown. If you actually Google it, you can see it for yourself. It looks like a thorny crown. And of course, as you all know, that one of the central symbols of Lent is a thorny crown that Jesus bore for you and for me. This is the very time of the year where we stop and remember the sacrifice of Christ for us, that he bore the sufferings of the world. And by us remembering that the coronavirus for us is a symbol of the thorny crown, a symbol that we too are called to bear the sufferings of the world. This is the time to listen to those who might be in need around you, to pray for those who are fearful, and just in every way to embody what it means to be an Asbarian. Because I'm always proud of you as Asbarians, the way that you embody 
our mission, and all that you do is such a joy. And I want to encourage you to do that and to be that in these days for each other and for those that you come in contact with, even if three feet away. And so, my brothers and sisters, in conclusion, be bold in your faith. Allow space in your life to lament. Remember the fragile nature of this world and long for a better one. Never forget that the church is always the church in the world. And take time to pray more and to seek God's face more. And remember that even in our bodies, we bear the blessed marks of Jesus as we reenact his passion and remember it during this sacred season. And the Lord bless you all. And we're going to have a great conclusion to this uh, brief message. You're going to hear from our own seminary singers, an ensemble who have prepared a number of hymns for you during this time. And we're going to play, the one today we're going to play for you is one entitled um, Be Thou My Vision, this great hymn. And I want you to listen to this and allow God to use it in your life as you walk through this season and recognize who God is. May he be your vision even during this time. May the Lord bless you all and thank you for this opportunity to share with each of you from my heart. God bless you all.